Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Snap Out of It Radio Network. Hear all our great shows across the world. Join our community at snapoutofitradionetwork.com. So wake up, stand up, and snap out of it. Empowered Love with author, self-mastery coach, and relationship expert, Melanie Tanya Evans. Take back your power, heal your soul, and set yourself free. Free through Empowered Love. And now your host of Empowered Love, Melanie Tanya Evans. Hi everyone, I'm Mel and welcome to another Empowered Love radio show. So this radio show is a Getting Love Right show and what it's about is the patterns that we can play out in love and having a look at those dynamics. And this show, a lot of people have really related to it when it came out in my blog a couple of weeks ago. Actually, it was only last week. And, you know, as always, I really like to sometimes follow up on the important blogs with a radio show and give a verbal description. And then we can go into it a little bit further and a little bit deeper and we can have a real look at what's going on here. So what this show is about, it's about love avoidance and love addiction. So in this show, you will discover the patterns of love addiction and love avoidance and how if individuals within love relations don't effectively know how to fill themselves and relate healthily to each other, they may play out these patterns. So we're going to, in this show, learn about healthy interdependent relationships, which is a goal, and what the model of sharing and space can look like in a functional way. So you may discover many answers to the problems you've been experiencing in relationships in this show as well as how to rectify these issues. So in this show, it may be really likely that you see either the love avoidant or the love addict pattern in yourself or you may realize that you've played out both. Many people do play out both. For example, love addicts can become love avoidants in their patterns of love relationships and love avoidance can become love addicts and what will generally happen if you've swapped patterns is that if you started off as a love addict you may have manifested in your life love avoidance or if you've if you've been a love avoidant you may have manifested love addicts and then you'll swap over places so we're going to have a deeper look at that this and what's going on and how we can take responsibility, how we can heal, and how we can have a lot more functional relationships. So, look, it really is true that a lot of relationships may have unease in the dynamic of their relationship. It may be a really rare thing that both people are really happy with their space and their time together, and that that works amazingly. I actually view my son's relationship, which is incredible, considering he's only 23 years of age. And the relationship that he has with his partner is astoundingly mature in that they absolutely uh, schedule in time for themselves and they also do time apart really, really healthily without insecurities, without jealousies, very, very happy for each other to have their own space and very, very happy to come together and share their time as well. 
Now, when I questioned my son about this, I said, who are you? Are you the love avoidant, the love addict? And he said, you know who I am, mum. You know I used to be a love addict and then absolutely I became a love avoidant. So my son was very, very clear on that he was more than likely to be the person that would take space in the relationship. So what happened is when he got into this relationship with his partner that he's been with for two years now, he was very, very clear about, I do need my space. There are certain things in my life, such as friends at times or my computer games or my study or whatever I want to do, that I want my space. No, And the partner that came into his life was very, very clear on the boundaries and then what happened is what happens in most love relationships is my son did want to love and he didn't, did want to connect. And because the boundaries were very, very clear and he did the right thing, he absolutely stepped into the space of, you know, I want to spend time with you and I want to do things with you. And the relationship has worked extremely well. There was a little bit of toing and froing at the start, which is a very, very normal thing. And then the relationship worked. So let's have a deeper look at this and have a look at the love avoidant, the love addict. Okay, because what it really is, is the love addict is the person that's more inclined to want more from the relationship. They're the one that's going to focus on it and say, you know, I want more time with you, the things that we do I want to do together. I want more of you. And the love avoidant is going to be the person saying, look, you know, if we do too much of that, I'm actually going to feel, I'm, I'm going to feel smothered. I'm going to feel like I can't breathe. I'm going to feel like I need to run for space. Now, it can be really, really hard what can go on if you've got the love avoidant, love addict thing going and you haven't been able to communicate healthily how to make the dynamic work and you haven't been able to be honest about how to make the dynamic work. And what can really happen is the love addict knows they're feeling needy, they really do, and if they're if, with their, when they're with the love avoidant, of course they're going to feel needy because the love avoidant isn't giving them enough attention. So it's really perpetuating for them. And then what they're going to have trouble doing is how do I ask for my needs without looking needy, codependent, insecure? Okay, so I'm going to try and bottle that up rather than express my needs in a healthy way because the problem is none of us were really we weren't taught we were never educated how to ask for what we want and in fact as kids you know we were really told what we wanted and what to do or we were left to our own devices or we may have had parents that were really absent that no matter even if we did ask for our emotional needs to be met you know, and as kids, we were probably, we weren't doing it in mature ways. We might have done it through acting out. We might have done it through um, tantrums, wrong behavior, whatever it was. So we weren't expressing it clearly. Our parents weren't hearing it. And the messages that we really got is my needs don't get met. So the love addict is more than likely to have grown up in a family that even if practical and security and support was there, that their emotional needs weren't getting met, they weren't getting attention. And no matter how much they wanted attention, they didn't get attention. So the love addict is more likely to be a needy person that wants connection, they want that validation, they really want to feel loved, they want to feel worthy, they want to feel valued, 
all of those things. Now, what's going to happen in most cases with the love addict is they don't really know how to lay boundaries or express what they want. So they're going to struggle. They're going to feel guilty about feeling needy. They don't want to be perceived by their partner as needy or insecure. So they may bottle, try and cope with not getting enough energy, love and attention and then they're going to blow. So, you know, they might blow in really um, accusatory, defensive, attacking ways, which of course is only going to bring to the love avoidant, if I get too close, I get damaged. Or if I get too close, this person is going to criticize me, find fault with me, tell me what a bad partner I am, I'm never going to be good enough. Um, You know, I, I just don't want to move into that energy. So the love avoidant is going to pull away even more with the criticism and the barrage and the the love addict trying to get their needs met. So the love addict, when they're with a love avoidant, it's really up to them to be able to ask for their needs to be met healthily and also too, there really needs to be a dynamic and an agreement to the relationship that, okay, how do we honour both of us? How do we work out Who's who? Usually you know. You absolutely do know who you are in the relationship. And how do we get win-win so that we can both heal and grow together and both have our needs met? So the love addict really needs to um, hit the middle ground of going, okay, well, you know, I do need my love tank full, but I'm also going to have to take responsibility to fill some of my love tank myself. So it's through the things that I do in my life, through gratifying myself and feeling my purpose and my truth in life, that fills me full of love as well as you. And then you can add to that. And we can both share, you know, my fullness, your fullness, and we can do that together. So it's it's space and time together that's very, very important. So the love addict really needs to realize that Filling their own tank is important as well. And it's not about, well, I'm just going to fill my tank because you won't or you won't add to that. It's not about that at all. It's about the win-win. So if the love addict learns how to fill their own tank, so have their own interest, have their own purpose, have their own joy. You know, have that that they can share with their partner, but it is, it's exclusive from their partner because we cannot get all of our needs met through one person. It's, it's, too much pressure and maybe I sound a little bit like the love avoidant in saying that but you know I really do believe that the interesting thing is is I have been a love addict when I was younger absolutely I've been a love addict hugely and I then became the love avoidant and we'll talk a little bit more about that okay so when the love addict is asking for their needs to be met if they're unhappy First of all, they've got to go, okay, well, am I filling my own tank? Okay, because I can become an attraction force. The more full I am of love and joy, without expectations, the more I'm actually going to naturally attract attention and love to me. Now, that's just a pure law of attraction dynamic. It's an energetic law, and it is true. Okay, so there's responsibility needed for that. Then there's also about, it's up to me. I am the creator of my own reality. Nobody else is actually responsible for that. I am. So therefore, I can't expect. And this is not about expecting or judging or 
criticizing somebody else who is not doing what I would naturally do. So it is like the five love languages. What happens is we expect to be loved in the way we want to be loved and we just believe that people should get it and people should be that and we can get very bent out of shape when they're not. So it's about realizing that everybody's different, people love in different ways and people have their own dynamics of how they love. And there may be with the love addict who's with the love avoidant, the love avoidant has their own issues and their own stuff going on which is actually keeping them uh, separated from the relationship that absolutely they need to look at but the love addict's responsibility is to walk the truth of their needs. And how that's done is the love addict rather than uh, bottling it or feeling guilty about expressing it. It's just about talking truth, honesty directly with love, which can be very, very hard to do in, in the in the truth of, in the heat of the moment. And this is why, you know, when we're getting spiritually aware and evolved, it's really about not uh, leaving those sort of discussions to when they hit boiling or breaking points. It's about really honestly assessing your life in the karma moments and saying, okay, well, am I happy and am I not? Okay, well, these are my emotions. I'm responsible for them. Now, what is the most direct, correct divine action to take in regard to that? And that's about speaking up honestly and lovingly and pointing out, pointing out exactly what it is that you need to be in the love relationship. So it could be, you know, honey, I'm not happy, what I need is, I need more time together, I need us to make a date night, okay, I need you to think about me more, I would love it if you went out of your way and brought me home something just because I'm special to you, I would love it if you would think of me during the day and send me a text message, I would love that because I would know that I'm special to you and that you love me. No, and when it's put like that, when it's put through with love and it's put through as deservedness and it's put through as an encouragement and an inspiration, that is the best possible position to get the love avoidant to actually step up and start doing something. Because the truth is, if the love avoidant loves this person and doesn't want to lose them out of their life and does not want to, have to start again they are going to step up and do what it takes to keep the relationship going and they get the opportunity to heal and evolve and get out of their cave and their fear into their truth so you know that can really really work and what's really important here in this dynamic is another law of attraction thing is that this is not so much about analyzing the other person and trying to adapt yourself to try and get them to change. It's just about walking your loving, clear truth because that's the most inspirational energy that says, come and join me in this energy. And if that person doesn't come into your energy, well, then it can get more serious. It could be something like, you know, we had this talk two weeks ago I've seen a little bit of a change, but I have to walk my truth about my needs. And these are my needs and love. And I really have to say to you, I love you, I adore you, 
But if my needs aren't being met, I'm going to have to leave this relationship. Okay? And I'm not using that as an ultimatum. I'm just stating my truth and walking my truth. And if it's not your truth, that's okay. We can part. But if it is your truth and you want that as much as I do, come up into this energy with me. Because if you don't, I, I can't stay in this relationship. Okay? Now, that's really mature emotional intelligence. Again, very hard to do in the moment. Absolutely. But how many relationships have gone down because that hasn't happened and they actually didn't need to? Probably tons. Absolutely. So that's the love addict point of view. Okay. Now the love addict point of view, just to go, actually, now I'll do that after we've had a, look, a little look at the love avoidant. Okay. So the love avoidant is somebody who is likely to come from a family of enmeshment. So this is their boundaries were violated. So one or both parents were controlling, was in their space, was trying to run their life, not allowing them to have independence or individuality. So the love avoidant has felt smothered from a very, very young age. And the love avoidant, their belief is that if you get too close and you get into my space, what will happen is you're going to damage me, you're going to control me, you're going to take me over. Now, it's interesting with love avoidance who have been love addicts because both, and, and really this can happen with the love addict as well. So what the dynamic is, is that you felt emotionally unsupported and unloved and then when you have had attention, it's actually been controlling or damaging. So you can see how that dynamic works. So anyway, the love avoidant, when they're in love avoidant mode, you could have absolutely have come out of relationships that were damaging. It's really quite consistent that a lot of people that have been in narcissistic relationships were actually love addicts, played that out with a narcissist, got extremely damaged and then became love avoidant. They had a fear of connecting in case I lose myself, I'm not going to extract the other, extract myself from this, and I'm going to get damaged, I'm going to get maimed. And that's the pattern. So a love avoidant getting into a relationship is generally going to be the person who says, I need to take my time here, I'm not ready to love you 100% completely overnight, I need to take my time. Now, all of that is reasonable, it is definitely, definitely reasonable in that things like when you're meeting a new partner, you know, wait before you get sexually involved with them, get to know that person's character, take your time to get to know who they are because especially women, once they sexually connect, they can absolutely lose the ability to be able to ascertain somebody. It's like I've connected, I'm falling in with this person they now have a part of my soul and I'm not going to think sensibly. So, you know, and love addicts do that a lot. They jump in, boots and all, and don't take their time. Love avoidance are more likely, if they've had some training and awareness of why they need to do that, they actually will take their time. So all of that's reasonably healthy. Now, where the love avoidant can get very, very stuck is that if they don't overcome that fear of actually putting their heart in and 
And of course, what is going to happen with the love avoidant, that if they don't do that, eventually the other person who is more likely to be a more love addict type is going to go, this is unfulfilling for me, I don't want this anymore, you know, I need to go to greener pastures where I actually am going to get loved and I am going to get attention and I'm going to get adored. And that's fair enough. So the love addict needs to understand the value of connecting. So like my son, who was the love avoidant, and what had actually happened to him in his younger years, he'd been the love addict horrifically, got very damaged as a result of that, very enmeshed and, and suffered immense heartache, and then came out more as the love avoidant. You know, I'm going to hold a bit of me back. I'm going to realize that my own space, my time, my energy is important to fulfill me because I don't want to lose all of me in a relationship. But what he also realized in getting into his relationship is that, okay, my space is being honored, but I do need to connect. And I do want time with my partner. And I do want to love and connect to her. So he was able to balance the two. You know, the wisdom of babes, isn't it amazing when we look at young people that can work that out so easily. So the love avoidant needs to get very, very clear with themselves that they can't do a detached relationship that's actually going to work. It's not going to happen. So what they need to do is, first of all, overcome their guilt and their uneasiness. Love avoidance are really bad with boundaries. They had their boundaries very violated. They don't know how to set them. So love avoidance feel really, really guilty. It's like they understand and feel that their partner wants more of them and then they feel that if they pull away and have their own space and time out that it's going to be wrong, that they might be abandoned, they might be criticised, that um, that the relationship's going to go pear-shaped. So it's like the love addict feels like space and distance is going to create angst in the relationship. So does the love avoidant. So even though the love avoidant wants it so much, they're actually very unclear about it and then what happens is all these mixed messages happen because they'll either try and be sneaky about it or they'll state it in ways if they need to do space or time that, oh my God, I feel really guilty, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. So they start apologizing and create all this extra angst and energy around it that really doesn't need to be there. So if the love avoidant can really uh, come to terms with, it's actually healthy to have space in a relationship not too much space, but it is healthy to have space. So the love avoidant should say things like, well, look, I'm just going to go and visit a girlfriend tonight. And, you know, and, and yeah, maybe you should think about, you know, what you'd like to do. So the love avoidant really needs to go, space is important to me because I need to feel me and I need to feel healthy and fulfilled within me as a single entity. I do need that. The love avoidant does need that. And then that means that I can come together with my partner and I can share all of me. I can be present, I can be committed, I can be affectionate, I can be romantic. I may have to work at those things. But but the thing is, everybody wants that. Everybody wants connection and the bliss and the high of love. They want to feel that feeling because there's no feeling like it. And what's happened with the love avoidant is because it's been so painful love, it's been enmeshed and controlling or abusive, they really 
believe that my healthy feelings need to come outside love, but it's not true. And those healthy feelings of bliss and love and joy, you actually can't get them through your outside missions or purposes. Love avoidance can be workaholics. They can get a lot of joy and love, in inverted commas, through their passions and their interests. But the truth of the matter is, there is no feeling like that feeling of two people connecting in love. There's absolutely nothing like it. And they're missing out on that because they think that they can't have that in a healthy way, but they can have that in a healthy way. So so once the love avoidant can work out that it is perfectly okay to have space and time to me. It is. It's healthy. It's part of being interdependent. Now, what that means is that when I'm with my partner, I am fully present, I am fully available, and I'm prepared to say that a relationship to me is valuable. It's incredibly valuable. So I want to give it time. I want to create incredible, uh, joyous occasions within that love relationship. I want to go places. I want to go do things. I want to share time with my partner where it's just about me and my partner and love. So that is the best of both worlds. And this is where the love avoidant really needs to say, well, how am I going to have a gratifying, satisfying love relationship, which is what we all want, unless I'm prepared to do that? Now, that's obviously going to have a win-win effect because that win-win effect to the love addict, if the love addict feels like their tank is full, they're nowhere nowhere near as needy or as empty as what they were, so they're not going to project their demands onto um, and what they need. They're not as likely to project in an unhealthy way onto the love avoidant. And also, too, the love avoidant by the love addict feeling themselves more and being realistic and knowing that space and time to the partner is very important as well. And then we can have our quality time, which is completely connected and present. Then the love avoidant is going to feel so much less violated. They're going to feel like they've got their space and they're going to feel like, okay, well, I'm really clear and clean and I feel really full and healthy Now I can bring this into the relationship and share this with you in a connected way. So that really is the level of communication and emotional intelligence that is very, very important. So the love avoidant too needs to be very honest and needs to say to the love addict, absolutely, I want to connect with you and I want to know what you need. It's up to the love avoidant to say, what do you need from me? Because the love avoidance needs, they are, is is great, but the love avoidant doesn't realize that. The love avoidant actually thinks that they're not needy at all, that they really don't have many needs to feel whole because they've actually been choosing their wholeness outside of the relationship. So they don't believe they need much, which is actually really quite sad. And as a love avoidant, I can relate to that, how sad that can be, that you don't actually realize that you want fulfillment through the relationship. So, you know, the love avoidant really needs to say, until they get a grip on that, what they've really got to understand is there's mirroring going on here. There is so much mirroring in these relationships. 
But what's really happening is the love addict wants to feel more independent and whole and self-sufficient. The love avoidant wants to feel more connected, wants to experience that bliss and rush of love that the love addict feels so readily. They actually want to share and, and mold into each other's experiences. That's the truth of the matter. Now, they both sort of don't realize that. And especially when they're pushing against each other and they're rebelling against each other and the love addict is going, well, do love my way. And the love avoidant is, you know, well, why don't you get more in, independent and, you know, lean back more and stop putting pressure on me? You've got a no-win situation. Both people are missing out on love. Both people are missing out on feeling whole. And it can end up absolutely, completely disastrous. You know, so it's about understanding. And it's really about being with an evolved enough partner that you can actually say to them and you can be honest with them and both of you can put your... Be very honest about your vulnerabilities and your fears and own them. Don't project them. Don't blame the other person for them. You know, it would be like saying, well, you know, really, I feel more like a love addict. I do feel needy. I really do want love. Okay? Now, I don't want to put pressure on you. I want to work out how we can do this in a win-win way and how we can both feel more love as a result of this. And the love avoidance says, well, you know, my tendency is to not connect, is to take my time, is the fear of being damaged, and I know that is the truth about me, but the truth is I do want to feel love. I do want to feel safe. I do want to connect with you. You know, let's help each other out with all of this. So let's have a look at, you know, how we can do that. Let's lay it out in steps on how that can work because there is a huge tendency that you're going to have a relationship that's playing love addict, love avoidance. A lot of relationships do to varying degrees. So how do we do that? So step one is, who am I? I may have changed places. Maybe I was a workaholic years ago and I dropped all of that and now I'm a love addict, okay? Or maybe I've been a love addict, I've got really damaged, now I'm a love avoidant. Who am I? So work out who you are and be really, really honest about it. So then what you need to do is both of you, you know, evolve relationships are really about communication, understanding and trust. And they're about honesty. They're about the integrity of being really, really real. And if you are that and you work to that model, you're going to know if you're with somebody that has the ability to have the emotional intelligence to walk a real relationship with you. And if they don't, they don't. But the reality is, is you're going to become a template of creating that in the future. And that's what relationships are. They're powerful. They're very, very powerful. And they heal us. They really do heal us. They teach us so much about ourselves and how to get it right. So no failed relationship is a failure. Don't ever get caught up in the thinking that, you know, this next relationship has to be for life, otherwise I've failed. No, it doesn't. It may not be for life, even though you think it's going to be. And if it's not, it's because you've had something to learn and grow and reflect. And the more painful and intense they are, the more you're going to learn through them and then you can really, really take that forward with you to not repeat the same mistakes again, to be able to create it 
on a much healthier level. So work out, are you the lover addict or you are, are you the love avoidant? And, you know, congratulations to anybody listening who's really comfortable with space and togetherness. You know, that's fantastic because you're into interdependency. And you may think you're comfortable with that, but you haven't been receiving it in your relationships. And this is where we've got to take responsibility. We can only ever experience outside of ourselves our own inner dynamics. So if it hasn't been working, it's because we've attracted something in order to heal something. So then we need to understand and embrace what a healthy relationship really is. And it is important to get clear on that. Healthy relationships are interdependent. They're not codependent and they're not solely independent. So the codependent model is more the love addict. The solely independent level is the love avoidant. And I love this beautiful proverb and it's from the prophet by Cahill Gibran. And I think it really encapsulates it. You were born together and together you shall be forevermore. You shall be together when the white wings of death scatter your days. A, you shall be together even in the silent memory of God. But let there be space in your togetherness and let the winds of the heavens dance between you. So really what that is describing is that model of two separate individuals who actually blend together to create a third entity of the relationship, but they still have their separate identities. Because interdependent relationships have got the ability to shift from dependence, which is that total present I am with you. We are totally enmeshed in each other's energy and we are sharing that oneness at that enmeshment of love to independence. We can break apart and we can do our own thing knowing that I love you and you love me and there's no fear, there's no neediness. I can be present in the outside world and get energy from the outside world without feeling that you're insecure, that you're um, envious, that you feel put out of a job. It's all of that, that we can be independent, we can be really, really happy for each other and really fulfilled from the world and we can come together and we can really bring that energy together and we can share and we can be completely fulfilled by each other. So therefore, time spent together and time spent apart is undoubtedly the healthiest combination. And we can understand that total independence is detachment. There's no relationship if that's the model. And we can also understand that dependence is really unhealthy because if you need your partner to supply you with everything, what happens when they don't? What happens when they don't is you actually become resentful, you hold them responsible for your own energy, and it all goes pear-shaped. You know, dependent, enmeshed, codependent relationships are very unhealthy. So interdependence is the goal. So it's... So step three, establish the boundaries that honour time spent apart. So this is about saying, okay, well, first and foremost, for us to be healthy people, we are individuals. Okay, so what's your space and your time and my space and my time and how can that be healthy? What, what, are, we, what are we willing to allow each other to be and do? 
And then it's about what is our time spent. And this is where a lot of relationships can go really, really wrong because, you know, in the first instance, it's about falling in love. It's about enmeshing. It's about coming together. It's about we don't want to do anything without each other. You know, I just want more of you, more of you, more of you. Now, a lot of relationships can start off in lust in that way and they don't actually develop into anything deeper. Or relationships can start off that way and then what happens is the person that is more likely to be the love avoidant is going to start wanting to take some space in the relationship and the love addict is going to be thrown into insecurities very, very quickly. So really individuals that are healthy within themselves are really, really important and that needs to be realistic. So then it's about, okay, so our time together and this is about making it memorable. This is about, okay, so what do we do together? How do we make that special? How do we make that memorable? How do we make that romantic? How do we make that sexual? How do we make that loving? How do we connect? How do we fully connect and be present with each other? Okay, so really what you've done there is you've given the love avoidant the safety of knowing it's okay to do their thing. And the love, uh, the love addict is going to love that connection, that time apart. Now what is going to end up happening here is the love addict is going to get feeling more comfortable in their own skin, which is going to be really healthy for them. And the love avoidant is going to really enjoy that bliss and that connection of connecting and being in love. And that's how I believe it can work. So working with yourself is about confronting your anxieties. So if you're the love addict, you might be nervous about granting space. You might have that feeling, well, if I let go and I really, really, really don't nail this, that this person may not love me, they may find somebody else, I'm not going to be able to win them over fully, they're not going to really need me, maybe they're not going to, you know, maybe they're not going to really love me unless I really turn the tap on and really get as much time together as I can. So the love addict might be nervous about granting space and might feel like the partner is going to disconnect, not connect, you're going to lose them, they're going to lose interest in you, or they're going to pull away even further. So that's not true if you're in a loving relationship that can grow. Because what is more likely to occur is that if you grant your partner space and let go and not be threatened, that he or she is going to naturally want to share and connect with you more. And that's actually very, very true with love avoidance, that if they are given space, and their partner is full and he healthy and happy in their own skin, the love avoidant is going to be much more likely to want to connect. So, of course, there's a communication, the understanding the boundaries and all that sort of thing. But that energetic perspective really, really helps as well. So if you're the love avoidant, you're going to be naturally really nervous about connecting. And so, you know, those... And, and even more so if you've come from a background or if you've had with your partner feeling criticised um, or, or having, you know, the things that give you energy criticised because absolutely the love addict is going to be very, very envious of those things. So what you're going to find is that 
knowing that if you actually do grant specialised attention to your partner and make them the centre of your world at those times, that they're going to be much more likely to grant you space, to feel safe to grant you space, and know you're not going anywhere and knowing they're not going to lose you. It's really, really important. So in your healing of this and your coming together of this, it's really important to share your anxieties, where you're at, what healing you're doing, you know, and get honest feedback from your partner. You know, am I doing better at this? Are you happy with this? Are your needs being met with this? Do you feel safe? What do you need from me now? You know, all of those sorts of expressions because in a relationship, it can't just be about one person being happy. You know, it's a relationship and it needs to be fed and it needs to be watered and it needs to be nurtured because otherwise it's not going to work. So you've got to be able to talk and discuss and relate, you know, with all of those things. And if you're in a relationship where that's not possible and the other person is really about, you know, well, I'm not interested in this, if you're in a conscious relationship that you want a spiritual relationship, well, then you're with the wrong person. And that's something that you need to look at and understand as well. And please know there are so many people in the world now that are really looking for conscious spiritual relationships. Don't believe it's a needle in a haystack. It's not a needle in a haystack anymore. And there's a lot more men that are getting into seminars and they're getting into personal development and they're reading books and they're really, you know, they're getting counselling or therapy or whatever. You know, there are a lot of men. I have a lot of men as clients that do that. No. So there are men that do want that level of honesty and commitment and teamwork to have a great relationship. So have a look at the dynamic you're in. You can lead the way by wanting this. You can actually even lay a boundary if somebody is with you and they're saying, well, look, you know, I don't want that. You know, I'm not up for that. Say, well, look, you know, this is my truth. This is how I need to walk. This is how I need to do relationships. You've got, you've got a choice. You can come on that journey with me or you want, if you want, or don't. And if you choose not to, that's fine. That's your truth. But this is the way I'm going to walk my life. So come with me or step out. That's okay. So we have to have the courage and we have to have the inner self-love and the inner fortitude to say, well, this is the way I want to live my life. I want to break out of my patterns. I want to break out of unfulfilling love relationships and I want to create great love relationships because we're going to have to get serious about it if you've been playing out these patterns and they haven't been serving you. So I hope that really, really helps. You know, you might want to share this show around. You might want to actually, you know, put it up on your Facebook page and get it out there because I think it really... You know, when I really stumbled across this information of love addict, love avoidant, I just went, oh, my God, that explains so much. That really, really helps me work it out. So I know if it's going to help me work it out, it's going to help you work it out, and it may also help other people work it out. And I think it's a really, really good way of awareness that we can get out there to relationships to really give people some idea of what is going on and why it's not working for them and actually how they can meet in the middle and help each other and heal both these dynamics together because I believe that that's the ultimate relationship is about healing 
that stuff within ourselves and for each other and creating that true relationship. So that's it from me. So uh, thank you for listening in and lots of love and I'll be talking to you next week. Okay, bye-bye.